Hello, everyone, and welcome back as we study Daf Shavuah Maseches Yevamas. Baruch Hashem, we're already up to Daf Ches Maseches Yevamas. I know that many of you are uh, struggling in a positive way to make it through this Masech. And what I always try to do in this year is uh, hopefully not just give you relief, but to give you some halach lamase that pops up out of the Gemara. It's not always so obvious, but different halach lamase issues. I've been spending a little more time on each issue, which is just the nature of what happens in Masechus Yivamos, as opposed to what we've done in some of the other Masechus, three or sometimes even four halachic issues. I want to do a point out today a very interesting expression that we already found in the Gemara last week. And just to be sensitive, because you'll see this expression used, whether it's in the Aramaic that's used here, ho'el ve'ishtere ishtere, or in the English, once it's allowed, it's allowed. The halachic system at times, right, has kulos, has leniencies. Now, a leniency, we're not just talking here about a, a rabbinic-made leniency, where rabbi has to be sensitive to the situation. We are dealing with a very serious issue of arayos, and we have this major leniency of allowing one person to marry his brother's wife. I mean, that is, you don't get much more radical than that. If you talk about the context of Asei Dov, Chelos Asei, and Achi of Karis, that should outlive the death of the brother, and you end up in the situation of Eishazach being allowed. So with that in mind, you could understand why the Gemara would entertain the possibility that maybe hold the Ishtri Ishtri. Maybe we could expand this even into other areas within Arayos until the Gemara comes back with a resounding no. And this type of issue comes up in practical halachalamasa situations. Sometimes it's human nature to think that once the rabbis allow a heter, then they're going to keep expanding the heter. Let's say we deal with even the pandemic situation that we're still experiencing now. So there have been certain heterim because of Shabbos, you know, to, to answer a phone if a doctor's calling with the test results. But that doesn't mean that there's no Shabbos. I tried to explain to someone this morning that even when we go back into the shul, if there's a necessity to take temperature, we're not going to allow everyone in the shul to take each other's temperature. Assuming that it's a drabbanon, so then we would have a non-Jew take care of it. And you'd have two drabbanons, b'makam mitzvah, b'makam tzayrech, whatever exactly the exception over there is of shvus to shvus. So it's just important to catch yourself and to catch ourselves when you see this terminology thrown around that once it's allowed, it's allowed. It's actually one of the dangers of heterim. We all know Ramosha's very famous statement that it's easier to be machmir than to be mekel, but sometimes the kula could lead to a slippery slope. And that's even the habamine of what's happening here in our Gemara, that somehow the heter, the Torah heter of Eishazach would open up for other heterim, the chas v'shalom would lead to arayos. With that introduction, and I apologize for the rain, but what could I do? The Gemara... Here, if I had a bottom line, the sugya, I would say this is the sugya of Ruvain being allowed to marry two sisters. Let's call them Rivka. Now, let's call them Rachel Valea, even though it's going to be a little confusing. You know that Yaakov Avinu is married to Rachel and Leah. 
We Chastra Shalom cannot do such a thing. We have a passage explicitly in the Torah that prohibits it. And we'll talk a little bit about what happened with Yaakov marrying Rachavalea post-Sinai. It's, of course, something that was prohibited. But how do we deal with the fact that Chazal, or many of Chazal, assumed that the Avos kept the Torah? So we'll address it. But here we do have, based on the Psukim, based on the Pasuk that you find, a huge exception to the rule. While a man is not allowed to be married to two sisters at the same time, what happens, let's take the case, Reuven is married to Leah, and then Leah dies. In this situation, Reuven is allowed to marry Rachel. What happens if Reuven is married to Leah and they get divorced? Then Reuven is not allowed to marry Rachel. And we're going to explain this topic today. There are many cases in Jewish history where a husband marries a woman and the woman passes away and then the husband marries the sister the former sister-in-law. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. I think Ariel Sharon married sisters, obviously not at the same time. So we're going to explain the sugya today. The second parak of the Rambam's Hilchos Isuri Bia spells out a lot of the practical situations that bring us back to the 18th parak of Achrimos. Achrimos parak Yudchas, we're familiar with this reading from Yom Akipurim in the afternoon. Now, not all arayas are created equally. And this is what the Rambam does in going through this parak. And I'm going to spell some of this out, leading us up to what appears to be one of the unique arayas that was introduced post-Sinai, which means that before Matan Torah, there is arayas as part of the Sheva Mitzvah Spinning Noach, but as the Sephorno points out, and we'll get into some other Rishonim as well, there was no, no such issue of marrying two sisters at that time. You know, according to the Medrash in Beratius, Yaakov was married not only to two sisters, but he was actually married to four sisters, that Bila and Zilpa were sisters as well. But this is not a Medrash here, but there is uh, such a Medrash that exists. But either way... The question we're addressing to introduce us to this topic is how is Yaakov Avinu able to be married to two sisters? So the Sephorno easily dismisses the question by saying, this is a Sephorno you'll find in Beratius, Chavav Hey, that on the Pasuk of Ekev Asher Shama Avraham, because Avraham did listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem, the specific mitzvahs of Bris Milah, etc., and the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Nach. But the challenge to this is that we have a number of different teachings in the Gemara, the Gemara Mesechas Yoma, as well as other sources that the Avos did, Avraham in particular, but as well as Yitzchak and Yaakov, did follow the Mitzvahs, or at least even Mitzvahs beyond the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Nach. But before we come back to this, the Rambam in Yisurei Bia Perik Beis, and the number of halachos here in Perik Beis that you have to look to, he divides the arayas into different categories. The forbidden, some of the 
arayos are forbidden relatives through marriage. A man can't marry his mother-in-law, grandmother-in-law, even if he divorces his wife or his wife dies. A man can't marry his wife's daughter, granddaughter, even after he divorces his wife or his wife dies. A man can't marry his uncle's wife, even after his uncle's divorce or death. But then we have other relatives through marriage who can technically become permissible. One of them is a wife's sister. Now, if a divorce takes place, that would not be enough of a basis. I'm not going to go through all the other applications of this. We obviously saw the Yibam situation, which is a general exception to the rule. But the Pasuk that we have to keep in mind over here is a Pasuk in Achrimos, Perek Yudches, Pasuk Yudches, V'isha el achosa lo tikach, that a man can't take the sister of his wife, Litzrar legalos ervasa aleha bechayeha, while she is alive, which means while Ruvain's married to Sarah, as long as Sarah is alive, he can't marry, let's call her Rivka. Going back to what we said before, Ruvain's married to Leah, as long as Leah is alive, he can't marry Rachel. But if Leah dies, then he can marry Rachel. A divorce would not be enough of a basis. And the question is, what is going on over here? Why should this be allowed? After all, it is in the entire, the same parak of Arayas, in Perak Yudches, Pasuk Yudches. Now, I do want to point out that it also in the same parish of Arayos is a nida. So we do see certain situations where a person could at a certain moment be prohibited, but then could be allowed. But that's a little bit different because that is where the Kiddushan is chal. It's just for a technical reason a man can't have relations with his wife when she's a nida. It's not defined as one of the Arayos. It's a, a act of erva that would be considered to be like Arayos with a chi of karis, but it's not a status as opposed to what we're seeing over here. So this is a long discussion in the Rishonim. Halacha which is really what I'm bringing across, according to the Rambam, it's important to keep in mind, and this is the way everyone paskins, that the Isser is only there as long as the wife is alive. But we have such situations. I can name you a number. I, I mentioned uh, before one, but a number of other situations where we know that a husband is married to a woman, let's call her Leah, Leah passes away, and then the husband, Ruvain, ends up marrying the sister of Leah, Rachel. So there's absolutely no issue. And the key word in the Pasuk, Yudches, Yudches, is Bechayeha. Again, a divorce would not enough to knock off the erva, the arayos, but death would allow it. Now, I mentioned before the Sephorno, so I'm going to go right into a Sephorno now. And it's fascinating to be able to use a Perush on Chumash to explain a halacha. And now we're getting a little bit into the philosophy of the halacha. This Sephorno is mentioned right here in the Pasuk on Achrimos. That's what's so interesting about it. And the Sephorno tries to understand the nature of this Isser. And he explains that the nature of the Isser, it's not... Uh, Arayos, technically, that keeps a man 
away from being able to marry two sisters. The key is the litzrar, just like we've seen in the Yibum context, the, the idea of one wife being a tsara, tzadi reshe, to the other wife. What the Sephorno says here is you don't want to have a situation where we have two sisters who become competitors with one another. And therefore, the Torah comes along and creates a royal situation out of it. It's not that there's a blood type of Araya situation. It's because of the relationship between sisters. Other Rishonim have different approaches to explaining it, but this is a basic approach that you're going to find in the Rishonim. What we obviously have to then explain is what happened with Yaakov, Rachel, and Leah. Now, just to show you how serious an issue it is, the Ramban in Perik Chavav of Beresh, as Pashas told those Pasuk Beis, so he says this is a real issue. What the Gemara says on Daf Chav Chesam Beis and Masechas Yoma is that Avraham kept the mitzvos, assuming that all the Avos kept the mitzvos is the Ramban's interpretation, and the Ramban then raises a number of questions. How was Yaakov able to build uh, Matseva? More particularly over here, how was he able to marry two sisters? And the Ramban comes up with an incredible Chiddush. They actually have a similar approach in the Ibn Ezra as well, even earlier, that the mitzvos that the Avos kept only were relevant in Eretz Yisrael. One could argue that this is consistent with the Ramban's approach towards Eretz Yisrael as far as the main epicenter for Torah mitzvot and everything outside of Eretz Yisrael, even Bizman Hazeh, is just meant as a hachana. doesn't mean we don't have to do the mitzvot, but the main place, or as Rav Aaron Lichtenstein once explained to me, there's a different quality to the mitzvot in Eretz Yisrael. At this point in Jewish history, the mitzvot were only relevant in Eretz Yisrael. That's how the Ramban addresses this question. Now, Ramosha in Evan Ezer in the fourth Chalik deals with this, and it's amazing how it finds its way into a Sefer of Chuvos. And Ramosha says, on a more basic level, and this really brings us back to the Rambam and to our Sugya back in Yavamos, is we have to understand the nature of the Yisr. This is not your typical Arroyos. And we know, I'm going to add a little bit to Ramosha, but I think this explains it well, that Kodamat and Torah, there was no Kiddushin. Kodamat and Torah, this is the Rambam in the very beginning of Hilchus Ishus, a husband would find a wife, even in the market, in the street. They would then have relations, and then they got married. Once Matan Torah came, there was an Isra Kiddushin. And the way Ramosha, there's a Kiddushin that precedes the Nisuin, what we call Arisin as well. And Ramosha argues it's from the Kiddushin that we end up having this Isser. That's the historical and the halachic development of it. So the two sisters are not inherently Arayos. That would have been relevant even before Matan Torah, going back to the Sephorno and Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach. But once we have the concept of Kiddushin, then we now have this new category of Arayos, of two sisters. The last piece, just to uh, end this year, and this will be a topic that we get back to in the future, 
is the status of a Yibam relationship as a full marriage. We've discussed this already many times, and a couple of the applications start to come up now on Daf Ches Amid Beis. One is the topic of Machzig Rushaso, which we will come back to. Machzig Rushaso is a situation if a person gets divorced, whether they could remarry the person, the divorcee, as well as whether this relationship would require a get. And the answer to both is yes. In other words, it has the full status of a marriage, and some of these topics will continue to be developed. Have a great week of learning. We accomplished a lot today and a lot more to accomplish. Mesechus Yvonnes.